Hi, and welcome to the Automotive Tech Info Podcast, the program where technicians talk to technicians, offering diagnostic tips in 10 minutes or less. This podcast is brought to you by Automotive Tech Info to help you learn while you listen. I'm your host, Tony Mala, and we'll be presenting information for and by automotive technicians in a unique learning opportunity to grow your knowledge, insight, and understanding of the automotive technology you see in the shop every day, one nugget at a time. Hi, we're back talking to Dave Fischuto. In this series, we've been discussing diagnostic strategies. Dave has been a fountain of information, and today we are joined by the young man who purchased Dave's shop. Kevin Orndorff is the current owner of Dave's Import Service in Medford, Oregon. As you know, Dave Fischuto was the former owner and ASE Master Tech at Dave's Import Service. And Kevin is his successor. The two still work together occasionally, as Dave advises Kevin as we go forward. Dave thought it would be a great idea to bring Kevin into this conversation as one of the leading edge of our next generation. So again, Dave and Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tony. Good to be here. Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me. Kevin, let's start with you. Tell us about yourself. When did you take over the shop? And tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I started ownership about five years ago, bought into it little by little. And then roughly two years ago, took full ownership. As far as background goes, roughly 25 years experience, mainly starting out European model line cars. In high school, I started actually working for Honda for about a year. And then the Volkswagen tech in the corner that was tearing apart all these Volkswagens convinced me to go to Volkswagen. So I dove into that, got into the European world, did that for roughly nine, 10 years, something like that. Left that company, went to work on domestics, a Ford dealership for just under five years. Got experience with Ford, Mazda, Lincoln. And then from there, I dove into the independent world and started working for Dave roughly 10 years ago and saw that side of the industry as far as working on everything. It was a catalyst for anything and everything. That's kind of what we do and still do and learned a lot, obviously, but focusing more now on the leadership side of things as far as ownership and running the shop and you know the day-to-day that goes with that. So yeah, that's where I am today. We'll come back to your leadership conversation a little bit later. But Dave, let's go back to you. We left off in our last episode. You were talking about a typical crank, no start diagnostic scenario, and you had some great information. Before we push on in this episode with the rest of our topics to talk about, any final words on what we discussed last time? Well, yeah, you know, Tony, we were trying to pick a scenario that was fairly simple, fairly easy, the type of thing that you might give to a young tech to work on his diagnostic skills. And I think I failed to mention that after verification of the complaint or the concern, probably your first step would be a scan, a full scan of the vehicle. And I only say that because in today's world, that's kind of understood but I think I should have mentioned it, that that would be your very first thing to do is just do a full scan of the vehicle. That's where we're at in this world of today's vehicles. So that's really the only thing I had to add to that, Tony. Let's push on into the diagnostic topic as we have been talking about. You know, one of the biggest challenges facing our industry is is finding qualified diagnostic talent in the shop. And Kevin, this is for you. How do you identify 
the best candidates for development into diagnosticians within your shop staff? What do you look for to grow a young technician into a top-notch diagnostician? Well, Tony, there's probably several things. I don't know that it necessarily is one standard for everybody, but I think when you have technicians that are working for you, it really comes down to some basic things to start with. Good work ethics, simple stuff like showing up on time, mm-hmm. being efficient with their tools, cleanliness, things like that. A good foundation. It's a good place to start to look at, okay, this is how this tech is. He's clean, he's neat, even in appearance. Past that, it's just how is their workflow? How do they pace themselves while they're working? Do they they actually have good work habits while they're working? How are their communication skills? How do they talk to the advisor, or the service manager, maybe even the customer? And so I think you know those are one of those things that it's kind of a foundation. And then from there, you you just watch and see what type of jobs they can do. And then as they progress, you you know give them harder jobs or uh, more more detailed jobs. Uh, but I, I think the foundation there is, is key. You can really tell how they're going to be just on their day to day. So yeah, I, I definitely think that's a good start point, if you will. And then, then from there, you just progress. We'll return to our interview after this word from our sponsor. Automotive Tech Info provides professional technicians with a regular diet of repair information on BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan, Toyota, Volvo, Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, and more. It's free access to technical knowledge and insight from professional technicians for professional technicians. Simply register at www.automotivetechinfo.com to gain access to our database of technical wisdom that is easy to use and searchable by keyword, vehicle manufacturer, or publish date. It's a convenient technical resource to keep you ahead of what's coming into your shop every day. For more information, visit our website at automotivetechinfo.com. And now back to our interview. Talking about foundational skills, uh, developing a good diagnostic routine. That's actually what Dave and I have been discussing in this series, Mm -hmm. how different diagnostic strategies work together and how developing a routine, if you will, Mm -hmm. a good basic process kind of makes the diagnostic process go more quickly. You also touched on something very important. Dave and I spent quite a bit of time talking about the importance of informing customers mm-hmm. on exactly what they're paying for. I know a lot of customers often are shocked at the fact that you want to charge them money to tell them what's wrong with their car. You had described a lot of basic soft skills, and I know that a lot of the instructors I run into at the career technology education programs here in Texas talk to their students about on a regular basis, good communication skills, good problem-solving skills, and certainly time management stuff, which is kind of what you were describing. And those three things, time management, good communication skills, and good organizational skills really are key to any job that you might want to move into going forward, not just being a technician. These young students are being trained in career technology education programs around the country. And they're always asking industry, how are we doing? What do we need to be teaching these individuals to become productive as quickly as possible in your shop? Now, when talking with Dave, I know both of you served on advisory councils for your local CTE programs in your communities. 
From your perspective, how are these programs preparing entry-level technicians with basic diagnostic strategies, if at all? I mean, are they teaching them the basics that you think they need to know, or is that something you find yourself doing in the shop? Dave, I'll start with you. Well, that's a good question, Tony, and a good place to start. I think they do the best they can, given the limited time frame they have to work with these students. I mean, Kevin and I were talking about this. A basic program is typically about two years. And so they've got to run them the full gamut from brakes to tune-up to transmissions to cooling systems. They need to know every system on the car, and cars are getting more and more complicated. So to be able to give them enough time in a classroom setting or a lab setting to spend time doing actual diagnosis on a problem child, it's just impossible. And we've talked to some of the instructors about that, and and that's the answer we get from them. It's just they can give them some diagnostic strategies and they can read it in a book, but until they come into your shop and you actually assign them a job and help them work that in the real world, they're just not ready for it. I can remember we had one tech that he was really the poster boy for the program at the college. And he came to work for us. And one of the first jobs we gave him was an overheating. And he just struggled and struggled and struggled with a simple overheating because he didn't know where to start. And he was a straight A student. So it's not that he didn't have the ability. He just didn't have the time to be able to spend working on an actual diagnostic problem. So I think the shops have the burden of really developing that. Hmm. Kevin, would you agree with that? Yeah, wholeheartedly. I could echo everything that Dave just mentioned. I'll maybe just add a comment that I like to say to my techs or people that I've worked with that might be getting started, kind of a a little bit of an analogy, if you will, or numbers. When they come on board, one of the first things I tell them is, 100% of what you know about cars is probably about 10% of what you should know about cars because they come out of school and they have the basics. They have theory and maybe even strategy. And, you know, like Dave said, there's classroom time and there's lab time, but real world problems, it's difficult and you, you really cannot learn it until you do it. You can't run every scenario through a school setting. You're not always supplied with a bad part and you put it on the car and then, hey, go figure this out. There's so many different things. And so the student learning while on the job really is, that's how you get it. That's how you learn. Mm. You know, there's really no better way. It's one of those things, like Dave said, you, you know, these, these students come out and they know They can take a test. They can answer all the questions. They get straight A's in theory and practice on the books, but actually applying it with their hands sometimes can be difficult just because they're up against a scenario and, wow, we didn't talk about this in class. You know, what do I do? Or, you know, just get nervous about it and and don't know where to start because it's just different. It's on a different type of car that they didn't talk about or, you know, something like that. So, the real world experience by far is the best teacher. Mm. And then, you know, how you handle it from there is key on how you're really going to succeed as far as repairing the vehicle and and just moving forward as, as a technician. 
Well, gentlemen, I want you to hold those thoughts because we're out of time for today, but I really want to continue this conversation in our next episode. So Dave and Kevin, can you come back? Yes. Yeah, Tony, sounds good. We have been talking with Dave Fashido and Kevin Orndorf about diagnostic strategies and the intricacies of developing your diagnostic talent in the shop. Join us for our next episode where we'll continue our conversation and dive more deeply into this topic. I'm Tony Mala, and thanks for listening.